Assalamualaikum and welcome to the Habibis podcast. Three game developers, usually drinking good Arab tea, but it's Ramadan, so we're not drinking tea. <laughs> <laughs> I'm your host, Osama Darius. <laughs> oh, I'm Fauzi Mesmar. And I'm Rami Ismail. So, uh, what'd y'all play to this week, or watch, or whatever? I, I spent a bunch of time watching movies, actually. It's, it's Oscar season, so um, I wanted to catch up on uh, the Oscar nominees. So I managed to catch two movies before the the results came out and it was okay. like you know one of them was the best picture winner so there you Ooh. go Ooh. um i watched uh no man land okay and i really really enjoyed no man land um so it's um uh it's a really interesting movie it's starring uh francis mcdormand uh i was also producing the movie she's brilliant uh in this role um you know, like without without uh, you know going too much into details, like you know through a bunch of circumstances, she ends up just um, living on the road. And on the road, she like you know lives uh, on a, like a, a caravan van kind of thing. When you just um, uh, like she's living from there, she does like odd jobs, and then she travels around the country like that. You know, like she will take her van, park it somewhere. Pick a pick a part time job for a while, uh, earn some money, and then drive off somewhere else. She's so just like you know, wandering like like a modern day uh, Bedouin, basically. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, and then she encounters like a whole bunch of other people who are like you know chosen to live this life, uh, this lifestyle. It's kind of. Um, uh, she she says this uh, line in the movie that kind of like describes it uh, properly. She's like, "I'm not homeless. I'm houseless." <laughs> right. And then, right. Uh, and then yeah, it's, it's just like you know, it's um, it's a it's a personal turmoil story about like you know, she's she's going through some stuff and she's figuring some stuff out. And as she's uh, doing that, she's you know like um, living life uh, through um, encountering those people and their own lifestyle. Um, uh, a lot of those, like, I think most of the people in this movie and, like, you know, the people she encounters living this uh, nomad lifestyle, they're all not actors. Um, those are people that actually live this life. Um, no. And, and uh, there's, you know, a real good testament for her because she, like, she fits right in. Like, you can't tell apart from, like, who's actually acting to who's actually living this life and uh, some of the things that they captured from it. Uh, beautiful cinematography. Like, this... Uh, uh amazing um amazing soundtrack the music is um i'm not gonna be able to pronounce his name um even audi i think is what his name he's an italian pianist um i i, I kind of like his work quite a bit but the 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 soundtrack he made for this movie is just phenomenal um and you know like for me um as somebody who's been moving a lot around for most of his life like i've lived in seven countries um i can kind of relate to uh, there's a lot in this movie that was kind of like spoke uh, spoke to me, and I found like uh, quite touching. So 
wasn't surprised at all when it won Best Picture. I thought it was totally deserving. Yeah, um, right. I quite enjoyed that. Uh, that's that's Nomadland, right? Anything about, yeah, that's Nomadland. Uh, the second movie I watched lovely. is called. It's really, really nice, man. Uh, and like, I don't know if you guys watched Into the Wild back in the day. Yes, I was actually going to mention Into the Wild because it yeah. reminded me a lot of it, uh, like yeah. just based on your description. Because I haven't seen Nomadland, but like Into the Wild yeah. was kind of dark. Is this dark as well? The, like. Um, there are some like you know like a lot of these uh, people they're you know they have their own demons and they're kind of trying to face them as well it's like it's very yeah. real i would say yeah. um relatable too world, that's like i'm sure i bet like very most people at, at some point in their life were like you know what i just want to like get away i'm just going to do odd jobs and live off the grid it's yeah. it's so relatable i mean not everyone does it so it's really interesting seeing people who actually live their life it's really fascinating. Into the Wild was also one of those movies, I think, after I watched it, I was like, I'm going to sell everything, uh, g- grab that Eddie Vedder soundtrack, put it in a van, and just drive around Jordan, only to be done in three hours and come back home. <laughs> um, but like, um, uh, like th- those movies that just inhibit this in, uh, incredible sense of freedom. Um, yeah, like I said, there's there's something relatable for that in me. And yeah, it captures my imagination, so to say. Um, the, the second movie I watched is called um, The Father. Uh, it's starring Anthony Hopkins. And if you guys seen the trailer or anything like this, uh, Hopkins end up uh, winning the Best Actor right. uh, uh, award for the movie. And then um, I think the, screen, uh, the screenplay uh, won Best Adapted Screenplay as well. Uh, the interesting part about this movie is that uh, I think it is like one of uh, the director's first uh, uh, works. Um, the director is called Florian Zeller. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, Florian Zeller is actually like a well-known uh, name uh, when it comes to theater. Uh, so like he's been like doing theater work for quite some time. And um, you can see that when he, on his debut movie in which like, you know, most of the movie happens in like two to three sets. <laughs> um, right. and like it's like a very focused um it's a very focused uh, uh acting uh, emotional experience it's all about it relies heavily on like the actors really conveying their their experience to you as as, as somebody who's watching hmm. um the, the subject matter of this is quite uh, quite difficult to deal with especially if you have family members that like you know suffer from dementia Mm-hmm. Um, uh, my grandma did so um, that definitely uh, hit hit home it was um, very touching to watch but I think the, the interesting part about it is that um, the movie is edited and cut so that it kind of conveys the it, it kind of tells the movie from the person who's suffering from dementia's point of view mm-hmm. so you, you end up as your viewer the entire time you're questioning your reality because you're like you don't know what's real anymore, and wow. I just that, thought that was so powerful in terms yeah. of like, you know, like as an empathy tool. Uh, movies are often like you know you just sit back and receive, and they 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 get you to like you know react in a certain way, but very difficult for a movie to make you feel for being in the shoes of someone, right? Yeah. You can empathize with the actor as they're conveying emotions, but it's. Um, 
it's uh, like it's one of those few um, occasions in which like you feel that you were in that driver's seat and you know what it feels like yeah yeah this uh, this movie like you know especially with the subject matter um the way it, the way it handled that i think it was superb um uh, a playwright director kind of making it into a movie was just uh, was just brilliant um and i think like knowing this knowing this you know, like he got like it's his fourth day right what I, what i understand from the discussion about it is that it's his own play right it's his mm-hmm. own theater piece that he's Correct. transferred to a movie yeah my That's understanding cool. is that working across multiple media yeah it's impressive. It's, it yeah. just jumped on the top of my want to watch list. Really, really it's just like you know, like his debut movie. I think, uh, yeah, it is his directorial debut, and then like nominated for best movie. <laughs> you know, like yeah, it's, it, it, <laughs> yeah there's really... a bunch of there's a bunch of uh, movies this year that like um, um, the directorial debut or something like this, and it got nominated for best movie. I think um, the Sound wonder... of Metal is one of those too. So there's some really interesting movies this year. I wonder if it's partially because all the usual movies just didn't happen or couldn't come out. Yeah. So there was more experimental and independent work. Could like, be. In ratio. That's probably true, yeah. Absolutely. Could be. This year, like, you know, like, um, even like the nominees, I think that like as uh, the nominees, the directors, the scripts, like this is the most diverse Oscars I've ever seen. Right. Um, and it's like you could tell how much better it is for it. Like right. the the spectrum of the stuff available or like nominated is just really, um, really, really uh, incredible. Like there's something right. for yeah. everybody. Uh, in the best in the best picture category, there's really something for everybody. Like there's there's drama, there's thrillers, there's um, <laughs> psychological stuff. Um, yeah, I, I usually like every year I watch everything, uh, all the Oscar movies, including all the foreign uh, foreign uh, pictures, uh, animated movies, right. documentaries. I watch all of them every year, so it's kind of a tradition. This year is a little bit late because no cinemas. Yeah. <laughs> right. So I try to get the movies wherever I can. Uh, but yeah, I'm going to probably be talking about uh, movies, but maybe not as extensively over the next couple of episodes. No, I'm all for it. Uh, I'll yeah, put both it. of these on my list. Yeah, yeah they're cool. cool. I recommend it. Okay, so I guess it's my turn. Yeah, go yeah, for if it. You want, go for it. I played a video game. Um, wow. I, I, <laughs> I played <laughs> a uh, really interesting video game. It's called The Returnal. It's a third-person uh, shooter. It, it kind of has roguelike elements. Um, and it has other elements of different genres as well. It's a little bit of a Metroidvania. It has a little bit of um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? You know, the shoot 'em ups. What did they call those? Bullet hells. It's a little bullet yeah, helly. For yeah. sure. <laughs> uh, and I have very mixed feelings about it. Very strong mixed feelings, if, uh, <laughs> if I can say that. Strong mixed um, feelings. <laughs> yes. Um, because like there's some parts of of the game I absolutely love, and there were parts of the game that like completely turned me off. It's very it, like I have very mixed feelings. Um, the first thing is it it feels great. I actually like being in in the world. I like moving around in it. I like shooting in it. Um, that that much is great. The the combat is actually really fun. Uh, I like the the mixture of. Uh, bullet hell and um, like just regular third-person shooter combat so that part was really good um, the 
other, the, it's also gorgeous. I like the world building. I like the way that um, they, they set up just enough narrative to put you into the game. Like the, there's no huge exposition at the beginning. You just jump right in. I'm a big fan of that. I don't know if you've heard. Whenever I give my opinions, whenever there's like long exposition before you start playing a game, um, it's a turnoff for me in general. Uh, I, 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 I'm a big fan of show, don't tell. Uh, and, and, you know, to, to a degree. And this game, I think it was it was really good at how much it gave you at the beginning, just enough for you to put you into the game. And then you figure out the rest as you go. Um, I did mention that it was a rogue-like, uh, but some people are referring to it as a rogue light. I actually think that's wrong. I think it's a rogue-heavy. <laughs> <laughs> New genre, well, ladies and, and gentlemen. Yes, yes. And, okay, let, let me explain. So, a rogue, you start over from from scratch. There's nothing, uh, you, like you have to play the game, it just randomizes each time, but you have to play the game from scratch, and there's nothing in your progression that carries over. A rogue right. light is meant as, hey, this is something that kind of has an overarching um, progression uh, that, they, like, you know, you get better over time every time you play. Uh, here, there are very few elements that carry over. You unlock a few abilities that you don't necessarily have at the beginning of the game. Uh, mostly uh, things that allow you to... Uh, I mean, there's a few combat ones, but mostly it's things that allow you to um, navigate the world differently, like in the Metroidvania part, access different parts of the map. But you don't actually get stronger. Not that much. You just have a few more tools. Most of them are unlocked early on in the game. And for the rest of it, it's just your skill. Uh, that determines whether you get better or not. Most of the power-ups or level-ups or anything that happens, they happen in in the run. And as soon as the run is over, you lose it all. And initially, that this didn't uh, bother me. This is just a, the, the choice that they made. Um, eventually, when I got stuck, and I did get stuck, uh, I got to a point where I'm like, okay, I guess I'm, I'm not good enough to progress from here unless I get a lucky run. Yeah, that's the other thing. The delta between a good run uh, and a bad run is huge. I've had runs where everything that drops is just negative. It's not going to help me, and I don't pick it up. And I've had other runs where everything I, I pick up is great. Like, it's really helping me, and it's, like, pushing me through. Uh, I'm leveling up. I'm much more powerful than I was before. Uh, but, like, really huge, stark difference. And I've had runs that, on top of everything being negative, you're faced with challenge after challenge, like mini bosses are coming back. It's super difficult. You don't, it doesn't let up. And others that every combat is much easier and you're like kind of have a red carpet all the way to the boss. So it like I hit a point where the game became, I start playing a run. If it's too difficult at the beginning, I'm getting my butt handed to me. Uh, might as well just restart because I'm just not going to be able to do well in this one. And, I, and if I have a run that I get all the good stuff and I make it to the boss, uh, I'm skill-wise, I'm not good enough to beat the boss with what I have. So I, I don't know. I guess it's like it, I'm still enjoying the game. I don't think I'm going to play it for much longer because it's gotten from the point of being fun to just frustrating. Um, right. That's my take. I still think it's an excellent game in so many ways. It just needs... Uh, oh, and the one last thing that's actually like, like really, really... I can't believe they made this decision. You can't save. You have right. to do the run in one run. And right. as, a, as a person with kids, as a parent, I've had to <laughs> abandon runs because my kids need me. So I have, well, you know, 
I, I could either save the world or I could go make dinner or whatever, like a star or something. So I guess I'm I'm not gonna play this anymore. I'm, or right. they want to watch a movie or something, and you know, like I can't just be away for two or three hours uh, and not ex- uh, without a safety feature. And I I'm, I'm I'm baffled because the I don't understand. Usually there are trade offs to these kind of decisions. I don't get what they think they um, gain from not having a safe function. So I think I think it's it's a it's a double it's a double whammy. Like Housemark, the developer, is obviously best known for arcade style gameplays, relatively quick, Resogun stuff like that, where saving was never really a major concern. Yeah, uh, I think the other thing is, and this is something that developers themselves, I think, said, is that they wanted to avoid safe scumming. Um, mm-hmm. But neither of those sound... So I agree with it calling it a rogue heavy, just for the reason that every run is like 70,000 hours. Yeah. It feels like the, the runs are too... Like, the runs are very long. Like, we yeah. did Nuclear Throne. We had a 15-minute rule in our runs. Like, any run to the finish line should take 15 minutes. If you want to spend more, if you want to loop beyond the finish... Sure, right. Uh, that for us, that was fair enough to not put uh, a safe state in. But for something like this, where the runs can go for like 30, 40, 50 minutes, if you have a if you have a run and it's it's going pretty well, like it doesn't fit. It doesn't even fit my lifestyle. I don't have kids, no. <laughs> uh, but like I have a life, you yeah. know. Like I've and the, the worst thing is, and I, I looked around on Twitter for suggestions, and people say like, "Well, just put the PlayStation in rest." But I also want to play Near. Yes. I also want to, also want to play all the other games. I want to check up on my Destiny. I can't put it in rest. I want to be able to shut down the game, boot it back up, and continue playing. Right. Yeah. That's. And then if I die, I die. Okay, I die. Halos. Like okay, it happened. You know. <laughs> but uh, this this version, I'm not very into. What I, because I've also been playing Returnal. Um, is it okay if I if I take over from yeah, here? Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I spoke a lot. I said everything I wanted. Right. To <laughs> I think that so a it's gorgeous. Yes, right. It's really pretty. Like Housemark is not the studio I think of when like Housemark is the studio I think of when I think like good particle effects. Yeah, right. It's not the studio I think of when I think like beautiful, moody, like perfectly visually directed sort of like landscapes and worlds and stuff. That's just not what I think. About mm-hmm. when I think Housemark, I think lots of bullets, cool particle effects. There is um, a bit of Outland when I see the the trailers for Returnal. I haven't played it, but um, you know, like that mood from Outland um, feels a bit there. Yes, though it's I a agree. completely different game. Right. Like think think of it this way: it is it is a. Uh, did you play Near? Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, I did. Automata, so, right? Right. So imagine imagine mostly the shooting gameplay out of a near, but uh-huh. with many more weapons. Okay. Uh, the enemies sort of do the same thing with these intricate giant bullet patterns, mm-hmm. mostly. The enemies mostly do melee, so mm-hmm. they can also do melee. And the bosses are like near style, like big intricate bullet patterns everywhere, right? Now I'm imagine in, that. all of that. Yeah, okay, imagine that smashed into a roguelike where every time you die, you wake up near a crashed spaceship that is also sort of your hub and your upgrade base and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, every time you die, you see a little flash of memory from the story. And as mm-hmm. you progress through the world, you get more understanding of the world. So you have these two separate progression vectors narratively. One is sort of like 
when you wake up, you see flashes of something. And as you progress through the world, you get more understanding of what is happening, right? Still cool. Um, yeah. So imagine all that, but now imagine that somehow they made it so that you have to keep playing and you can never stop until you die. <laughs> yeah. Not cool. No. So that's kind of the thing. It's an incredible game. It's beautiful. It's gorgeous. The movement is phenomenal. The dash is great. The yeah. possibility space, as Osama explains it, like it has an enormous delta. But I'm, I've designed roguelikes. Like I like the giant delta. Like that. That's personally for me. That's that's a positive, not a negative. I agree. I just want to interject. I do agree with that in general. But I feel like the negatives, I get nothing out of it because nothing carries over to the next run, which is the difference right. between this and other roguelikes where I'm like, oh, I had a bad run. Whatever. I got 10 XP towards my next level up. I'll get a perk right. or something. Here it's like, oh, bad run. Whatever. There's no point of even like continuing. Right. That That's the, the dynamic to, that I didn't like. To be fair, I do the same thing in Nuclear Throne. It runs there like 10 minutes, right? Like I, I boot it up and I go like, oh, no, I don't want this weapon. Restart. Oh, I don't want this weapon. Restart. Oh, no. I messed up my first skip. Restart. Um, I restart a lot in roguelikes. Like, as soon as I feel the seed isn't going my way, I just I just swap over. Um, but that, that's that's just the way I play. And I enjoyed that. It's just the runs are so long. They are. They're so long. Like, and I understand this is more of a narrative game. And, you know, like, the, the narrative is, is intriguing and interesting and... Fighting a boss is great, and like the active reload system they have is great, and like if there's literally nothing I can can complain about, like it's it's just good start to finish, except for a as always with roguelikes with difficult games, accessibility functions would have been really appreciated for a game like this for people that have a hard time playing them, and b where's the save function? Come on, like where is the save function? How can we not have a save function in a game where the runs are sixty plus minutes? Like, I, I can't play that much. Like, I don't. I'm. I'm sorry. I switch between games. I have multiple things to play. If they, if they had brought this game out two months ago when nothing was releasing for two months for some reason, great. But I'm in the middle of near Mass Effect is coming out next week and Destiny starting a new season. I'm not going to commit ninety minutes to this game uh, any day. Like, yeah. thirty minutes at best. And then also like with the level of tension. Like the level of stress this Returnal can give you, yeah. I need a break. I agree. And if I if I if I walk away from my PlayStation, I wake up the next morning to play to continue, and my PlayStation is updated, and now my run is gone. I'm going to throw that controller like through the PlayStation, <laughs> and getting PlayStation Five is really hard. <laughs> I don't want that. You um, should put a doily on it to protect it from right. The yeah, to protect it. <laughs> <laughs> so. Returnal. Um, I've also played Near, uh, Near uh, Replicant. I think I talked about it a little bit last week. Yeah. Uh, I made more progress. God, it's a good remake. Like, it just the more. So I played only a little bit of the original at first, right? Uh, I, I've I've talked about that last week as well. I didn't finish it because it's it's kind of a big game, and I was a different type of gamer back then. I think. Um, the, but I've I've want, I've gone back and watched some footage of the original, and just the amount of improvements is staggering. Like this is absolutely a remaster. Like it's, I know it's technically a version update or whatever they want to call it, but this is a much better version of Near Replicant than the version that we got before. Like it's smoother, it's prettier, 
everything is a little easier. The quality of life updates are just the list goes on forever. Um, even if it's just that the grimoire, the, you're sort of like your ally floats with you the entire game instead of just disappearing all the time. Like it's very, it's it's very well done. I finished route A. Going to continue to route B, just like near Automata. There's routes in this game, which isn't much of a surprise, honestly. Um, it's very good. It's it's as dramatic as Automata. If you played Automata, like in Automata, sort of the the it's not even a twist. The style of storytelling is like fatalistic, nihilistic. Everything goes to everything falls apart, and and near is no different. So uh, you need to have a, a pretty um, you need to feel pretty good about your day to play this game. <laughs> Otherwise, <laughs> you're just going to be really sad. Um, so, yeah, that um, I played the new Pokemon Snap. Oh, yeah. What oh. do you think? It's very Pokemon Snap. <laughs> it's uh, you got to like this kind of game, right? It's a very passive game in many ways. Like, it's you if you enjoy photography. And being in an on-rails photography course, and you enjoy filtering through 37 photos that you took to find the best four, and you enjoy sitting through the professor grading your photos algorithmically, and you enjoy doing that 75 times on the same course, then you're going to have a great time with this game. Mm. Like, it, it's it's really well done. It's adorable. Like, taking good photos is a thrill. Like, getting a good photo is genuinely joyful. Um but you need a lot of patience to to like it. You better be a photographer to enjoy this game, I think, or have the time to play this game. Um, I got, I didn't get tired of it, but I don't think I'll play a lot of this of of it. It's just, it's clearly a very good Pokemon Snap. Uh, my girlfriend's playing it, and she's she's having a blast with it. So um, clearly, it's good because she's a photographer. So. Um, and finally, I played a little indie game called A Firm Handshake. Mm, it's, I like uh, the title. It's made, it's made by a developer named uh, Torfi. Uh, or Torfi. Um, made a bunch of other games that were pretty fun and interesting. This is this is a really interesting one. Uh, I, I call it the 2020-2021 Power Fantasy. It's a game about giving somebody a firm handshake. Um <laughs> <laughs> and it starts very simple where you give people handshakes and then they join your little like uh, queue of people. They join you. Uh, as you go, it gets a little bit more strange. And I'm not going to say much more about it. Besides that, you should give it a go. It's short. It's, it's pay what you want. Um, if you enjoy it, kick a few dollars to the developer, obviously. Um, but... This is uh, it is it is good. It is strange. It was wonderful. Uh, so it Where will only take. Ten it? It's on itch.io. itch.io. Uh, yeah, if you just okay. search for a firm handshake itch.io, you'll find it immediately. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like a ten-minute game. Uh, oh, nice! So really, just grab it, play it. The trailer and, is seven uh, minutes, so I guess it's most of the game. <laughs> right. Uh, it's, uh, I don't, <laughs> is there an official trailer? I'm not sure if there's an official trailer. Anyway, oh, don't watch anything, official. just download it and play it. Okay. Uh, it's free. It literally won't take you any time. It's surreal and strange and it made me grin and then gave me other feelings too. Um, 
That's great. That was it this week, I think, for me. Uh, I don't know. It was, it was a, there was a <laughs> lot to play, which is nice. It feels like yes. it feels... <laughs> It feels joyful. Honestly, for this final week, well, final week, like by now, by the time people are listening to us, the final days of Ramadan. That's right. Um, really having all these games to play is really because I don't know, like over halfway, Ramadan gets really, gets yes. much harder for me. Yes. My energy levels drop. It's not, uh, I mean, it's, it's nothing unmanageable, but compared to the beginning of Ramadan where you're like, yeah, let's go. We got this. Then when you get to the middle to the end part, I'm like, oh yeah, we got this. <laughs> you know, the, the tone is a little bit different. Ramadan Mubarak. <laughs> Ramadan Mubarak, exactly. Yeah. No, um, I will say it's it's um, it's also nice to be counting down days again, right? Yes. It goes so Ramadan goes so fast, so quickly, and uh, and even the the period between Ramadan goes so fast. You're like, oh, it's over. It's going to be another eleven months, and before you know it, and then it's Ramadan, Ramadan again. again. <laughs> Yeah. Well, at least we can count down. Like, uh, obviously, the the little little Qadr is coming. That's right. Uh, the 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 Knights of Destiny. We talked about that three episodes ago, I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I lost track, but yeah. And then after that, obviously, Eid, which yes. by the time this is out, is in like a few days. Yes. Yes, I'm super excited. My kids are. Uh, <laughs> I'm very excited for Eid. This Eid is going to be a little bit interesting because we're in lockdown i mean ramadan has been for the last two years uh, right how did, like you, our, how did you celebrate Eid growing up or something? so uh, how we celebrated growing up is very different than than recently so growing up we would wake up extra early which is a thing mm-hmm. that we avoided doing in ramadan normally if we could because you know your <laughs> fasting days are longer we woke up extra early took a shower wore our nicest clothes every year on Eid. My parents bought everybody new, like nice mm-hmm. clothes, right? That's that's when we got mm-hmm. our nice clothes for the year. Is during Eid yeah. between Eid and Eid, and then we'd go to the mosque, and the mosque would have a Eid prayer, which is a prayer you only pray in Eid. We have two Eid, so we pray it twice a year, um, and the whole community would show up. The thing is, uh, I remember there was a transition that happened in Montreal because our mosques are not very big here, and they like Eid. Everybody comes out. There are people who only go to the mosque in Eid. So the mosques, after a while, uh, they gave way to the mosques renting out huge like auditoriums, stadiums, um, and for, so to accommodate everybody. So we'd have like we'd go from you know a mosque where we'd have usually hundreds of people to tens of thousands of people in this giant like the, the Olympic Stadium. We had it for one of the years at Eid. Uh, tons of people, lots of people giving out sweets to the kids and presents and whatnot. The kids didn't even know. They just come with bags of goodies to just give out. Um, that like that was a beautiful moment. Then my parents would take us out for breakfast because that's also a thing we weren't able to do for <laughs> all of Ramadan. So <laughs> we'd have like, yeah, and it's hilarious because usually, like more often than not, Ramadan happened during a weekday and in, yeah. in Montreal. Like everyone's working, so it's it's it very rarely falls on a time where other people have off. So Ramadan, like Eid, when it falls on a weekday, um, we'd go to a restaurant and like a fancy restaurant for for breakfast, and every almost everyone there would be Muslims, also with the same idea, doing the same thing. And that's always a, like that's always nice because like everyone else is at work or doing whatnot, except for whoever's celebrating Eids. Um, that's for breakfast. Always at like lunch, uh, it would be either we're inviting a bunch of families over l- lunch a little bit later because people are usually full 
still from that very big breakfast. We'd like at lunch or a little bit later, we'd have uh, a lot of families over or they'd have um, us over. So it would be one or the other. We'd take turns with the Eids. So, and then we'd have another invitation usually at night. So it's just a day of being out, going from one place to the next, trying our best, eating a lot of food and trying our best not to dirty our new <laughs> eat clothes. Yeah. <laughs> it's very, very yeah. similar. Very, very similar to us. I think like, um, I don't know if, uh, if it's the same. The night, the last night of Ramadan, the night before I eat, is probably the busiest day in the year for um, uh, barbers. Everybody needs to have a brand right. new haircut. <laughs> So yeah, like right. the lines are, are insane. No matter like how old you are, everybody's getting a brand new haircut before you know like the first day of Eid because everybody's meeting. You have to be in your in your best outfit. So you want to get like also the best haircut too. So That's so there's right. the cues. There's yeah. the cues when you start. Um, uh, for us, when we were kids, like I think up until eighteen, I'm not sure if it's the same tradition in Iraq or in Egypt, but in Jordan. Uh, once you're like, you know, you woke up, you had your breakfast and all of that stuff, and you know, you're dressed up in your best clothes. As kids, um, the my dad or like the father of the family will give you money. We call ID. it ID. ID, yeah. exactly. Yep. So you, gra- you grab that money, and then you start running around the, the neighborhood collecting ID from all the neighbors. Kind of like trick from anybody. Yep. Yeah, well, mostly it's like neighbors or like, you know, people like, you know, that would know your family or something like this. Right. It's like, it's like trick or treating, but it's not candy. And it's, it's cash. cash. It's cash. Baby. It has to be money. It has to be <laughs> money. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. For, for, for us, it was always anybody that we could count as an uncle or auntie. Yes. Would count. Yeah. And they don't actually exactly. have to be uncle or auntie as long as they're uncle or auntie to the family. Yes. You can go there for a day. Yeah. Yes. You yeah. keep collecting ID That's... until you're 18. Once you're 18, you have to start to give it away. <laughs> yeah, you have to start paying it. <laughs> you have to start paying. Yeah. My uh, so, my father so, still insists on paying it to us. <laughs> That's yeah. nice of him. Yeah. So, so when we were kids, when you collect this idea, um, all the kids in the neighborhood will go to um, the, the local grocery store or something like that. And then we all buy... Um, uh, I don't know what the, they're, they're like really terrible toy guns that like that, that shoot <laughs> firecrackers. And we all buy, they yes. buy these like real plastic guns and then uh, we buy like uh, really terrible firecrackers. Like the, the kind of gun, like, you know, like uh, they make a very loud noise when you light them. They're like, right. and then like, you know, uh, before it pops, go like, Phew. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. A very, like a very low like silent noise and then like all the kids we want to buy like all sorts of toys we collect all the cash right. we can and then we go to the toy stores uh, some people like you know if, if they were good then have big families they might end up with a bike that day yeah. Wow. And then, yeah and if they end up with a bike they will bring that bike over to like the neighborhood and then they start charging for rides like i'll give you my bike <laughs> for a ride and then like you have cash so you start paying You're like all right i'll give you like you know the 10 cents and take the bike around the block <laughs> right <laughs> amazing very entrepreneurial yeah no i mean for me it's sort of in the middle i uh i mean obviously i have the same thing as as osama like and, and as far as you said like, you know, going to the barber, getting new clothes, like buying new clothes was always a disaster because I never liked any clothes. Yeah. So 
anything with like brands or stuff like that, I didn't like as a kid. So <laughs> were you also I, three we meters were, high when you were like ten, Rami? <laughs> right. I was, yeah, I was also very tall. So the amount of clothes I could buy was limited, and then most of what I could buy had like big, like Nike or Adidas or whatever on it, and I just I didn't want that. Uh, in Egypt, it was also usually like not Nike, but like Nico or. <laughs> Nike or like yeah Likey or something like, like you know like soccer shirts with Vodafone on it instead of Vodafone like stuff like that Vodafone, okay. best, best brand yeah. yeah Vodafone one of the best one of the best and it was always the best clothes according to my dad right like the best clothes never seen quality like this but um, we spare no expense <laughs> no expense yeah well, so that's why we, this right. special right um, clothes are very good so but yeah so the we we would buy we would buy new clothes. We would go to the barber. We'd wake up very early, go to the mosque, do the do the Eid prayer, which is very long. And if you're like a six year old, it's very long because <laughs> uh, it it like there's like this whole intro part where like they repeat the same text over and over and over again. And six year old me would just sit there and be like, "When do we get idea? Uh, what, what am I gonna buy at the toy store after this is all over?" Why is why does Ramadan take longer? <laughs> to me, it felt like more Ramadan. Um, but the the mood was spectacular, always, yes. right? Everybody in their nicest clothes, everybody happy, everybody's like congratulating each other and like speak, like just talking, catching up. Um, all yeah. the kids like happy and running around. Uh, our our mosque had like a little grocer in the corner that um, that would be open. Uh, during eight and they would have candies and stuff like that uh, for one time a year uh, or two times a year uh, so we would spend some some money there and then uh, yeah the rest of the day i think for eight for me we usually went to the cinema oh. that was like that was like one of one of the things okay. we did because obviously most of our aid was in the netherlands um mm -hmm. which meant there wasn't that much aid. like we took days off from school if yeah. we got the days off from school we took them off school from school Legally, if we didn't get days off from school, we just take days off from yep. school because we, we'd be sick. <laughs> yep, very unfortunate. All, all, all of the all of the family Ismail kids are sick on the same day. Like very odd. Like, exactly. How does that happen? And they all looking um, dashing. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah. So um, yeah, we wouldn't go to school, and then usually we would go, um, we'd go visit somebody or some some uncles, aunts, friends, and then we'd go to the cinema. And I think for a few years, because it was in winter, it would be like Lord of the Rings or Harry Potter or something, something like that. <laughs> so that was like a big, that was like a big tradition as we would go to to a tentpole movie. We didn't go to the movies much because it was kind of expensive. Uh, so it was really like a treat. And then um, we would, we would, um, there was this bakery in The Hague, and we would go and buy like a giant tray of all the best, like little sweets, Arabic sweets, right? So well, sick. Speaking of uh, of the sweets, it's one of the things we do the night before Eid, uh, like as a family tradition, but I know many families also do that. There is like a type of uh, biscuit, um, uh, biscuit, I think, or cookie, I don't know what you call it, uh, but it's like a, a sweet uh, that is either stuffed with dates or with yeah. pistachios, we call ma'mool. Mahmoud, and, yeah. uh, and we usually, um, you know, we'll make that at home the night before. Uh, my mom would make it because, you know, we'll be entertaining guests throughout Eid. They'd be coming over to, say, to wish us a happy Eid and all of that stuff. 
So as kids, we're excited because we collect all this money. And like, you know, my mom will give them mamul in return, I guess. Right. <laughs> so we also yeah. have to give their kids money. So that, that kind of thing. And like mamul, when you make it, it's, um, it's stuffed with dates. And we usually put it in this mold. Uh, it's a wooden mold and it has a handle. So as you stuff the, the ingredients of the mamul in that mold, you whack it against the table to get the the, the ready biscuit out of it. And like you can yeah. imagine us as kids how much we'd enjoy that. So like, you know, my mom would be like, stop slamming the table. I would like, you know, slamming it even with nothing in it. <laughs> so, you know, like we're just coming back fresh from our haircuts and we're just slamming the table with like, um, with like the mamul molds and stuff. <laughs> Good Amazing. Yeah, our, our our desserts, the Iraqi traditional desserts that my mother used to make, um, we, we we tried to help. We were very good at helping her. Uh, the main one that I remember is called klecha, and like remember I, I mentioned in the last episode the cha sound that comes back. Right. So I actually have no idea if it exists in other Arab countries or what what it's called, but I would guess it's klecha, maybe if it exists at all. But what it is, it's like a date uh, or a date blend uh, wrapped in in dough. Um, I loved it as, oh. as a kid. It's not very sweet. It's like you know, it's 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 not it's 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 a it's as sweet as dates are, right? It doesn't get much more right. sweeter than that because there's no syrup put on it or anything like that. Um, my favorite also was uh, zalabia, which is um, oh, yeah. kind of like you know, yeah. it's springy. It's called springy in Italy, I think it's called, or uh, I don't know what it's called in in India, but they also have. Um, a similar dessert, but it's very rich, high, like it's really dense. It has a lot of a lot of syrup in it. Extremely sweet. Um, it's Arab right. donuts. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. actually a good way of, of putting it. Yeah, that's it's it's good. not it's not like it's not in a circle, but it's the it's the dough deep fried and then covered with all sorts of sweet stuff. Right. <laughs> yeah, we also have halabia, uh, which is kind of like a um, pudding. Like yeah. a, we call a, it mhalabi. It's like sweet milk, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's like that exactly. I mean, but it's it's like it's thicker, right? It's not. Yeah, just way milk. thicker. Yeah, right. and it has um, a little bit of like um, distilled rose water. Yes, that's right. And, oh, um, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I know sometimes the one. it's either covered in honey and pistachio or uh, yes. cinnamon and pistachio. Right. Oh my yes, god, I, I love did. that stuff so much. It's Me so good. Too. I, did, I didn't like that. So, <laughs> so I'm like, what is this? And then at some point you got like the roaster. I'm like, oh yeah, I didn't like that. <laughs> well, I, uh, yeah. that's when all, and, and we all often went and got Lebanese uh, baklava. But uh, my favorite right. is a Turkish baklava, I'll say it right now. Or baklava, as we call it. Like, it's my, I my want to formally apologize to the entire Discord. Like, I didn't start this war. Like, this all is, um, uh, <laughs> I hey, didn't say anything. Hey, you have to give credit where credit is due. The best baklava that I've had is Turkish baklava. It's freaking amazing. Listen, I'm just staying out of this. I don't. I'm, I'm not going to say anything about who makes better food anywhere. Like this is all the time. It's all good. Bring it. Uh, <laughs> I'll stand my ground. But yeah, like desserts, we'd have desserts left over for a week. We over. Yeah. We'd make a lot. We'd get a bunch of it as gifts. Uh, but like, but how how about these? Like, did you have Bala Hashem? I don't know what that is. Oh, they're... Uh, Fosu, do you know them? No, I, I'm fam- the name is familiar, but I don't think I've had them. They're like a little deep-fried... Um, they're like deep-fried fritters, I guess. They're very sugary. Uh, Ooh, I don't know I'm how... I'm Googling them. Do they- um, in Jordan, we call them Asabah Zainab. Okay. 
Which little bit of the to Zainab's fingers. <laughs> okay, yeah, that's that sound that sounds about right. They're very sweet. They're sort of very like uh, sweet. Yeah, you might you might think of like um, uh, a churro or something. Yes, a churro. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I actually don't remember what we called them, but we had those as well. Right, and then we had uh, we also had Mamul, and then we had Kunafa and Baklava and Atayif, Hashem. The little round ones, God, what were they called? Uh, round, also we, sweet, deep fried. We called them in Jordanian. We called them awamat. Okay, um, like I don't know what those were called. Little balls of uh, dough um, that are deep right. fried and then covered in sugar water. Yes, right. Uh, 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 Roma, some think. people call them. Yeah. Okay. You're, uh, that's. I think that's an Indian word, right? For it. Yeah, the, the Indian word for it is jalab jamin, I think. Yeah. Yes. Uh, yes. Uh, but um, uh, yeah, in Lebanon, in the Levant, we call it awamat. Okay. I don't know if that's the same thing, but if if it's the same round thing, like yeah, fried yeah. dough. I'm googling yeah. it. It is. Yeah. It's it's like jalabia, but it's like the the it's different. I, it's not. As, I know it's it's Yes, exactly. Yeah, in, in Egypt, I think it's called lotma. Yeah. Yeah. No, like, yeah that's that's, that just means like a bite, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, the, the, but yeah. It's so sweet, like you know, like instant diabetes. Maybe. After yes. after after I eat every year, there's like four days of sweating sugar. <laughs> like you sweat. The, if you ever want to sweeten a drink, you just you just take like like a piece of paper and you scrape over your arm, and all the sweat is just pure sugar. Yes. So sweet. You just drop that in. It's yes. ridiculous. And, and it was great. I like after Ramadan, after not eating during the day, you know, there's like the ritual of the first thing you eat during sunlight again. Yeah. And it, it almost feels rebellious. You just stand in the sun and you, you hold a piece of food up to it and you just go like, mm. <laughs> yeah, what are you going to do about, what are you, what are you going to do about that? Huh? <laughs> uh, and well, was, I don't know. Speaking of the sugary stuff, like that we also like in Eid, we serve a drink. We also serve it in Ramadan, but definitely in Eid. Uh, we call it Amar al-Din. Yes. Mm. Uh, oh, I which love is it basically so super dry um, apricot. Apricots. Yeah. And then like, you know, it's, it's, it's dry. So like it comes in sheets when you buy them from the supermarket. And then like you chop them and then you like you make a syrup out of them into a juice. Um, yes. So it's basically like very sweet apricot juice. You drink it in Ramadan, but definitely in Eid, you have a bunch of that. You would drink it like juice because we would actually eat. Okay, for us, Qamruddin, we would also have the liquid version. But the the, the, the one that um, we used to eat, it was the paste that you're describing. It Kind of like yeah. you know, fruit, fruit, by, fruit by the foot, like that. No, but good. Like the fruit by the foot is not good. But this is like <laughs> you get the apricot <laughs> and it's this like thick apricot paste that's so delicious. Um that I've drank it before, but it was like at someone else's house. That's not how we used to have it. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It's it a pretty good. strong. Really it's good. a pretty strong flavor. Yeah, I remember that. It was not. It was. I. I was very picky as a kid with food and drink. Right, like over the past ten years, I've I've managed to travel a lot, and that has opened my mind up to food. But as a kid, like I didn't eat any molochia. Growing up, because I was really? like, "This looks disgusting." <laughs> I just look at it and I'd be like, "Nope, nope, not eating that." You so a lot of these, <laughs> <laughs> a, lot, 
a lot of these things I kind of I kind of remember, and then I'm like, oh yeah, I have that, and then it's got like, but I didn't try much of it. Like the sweets, <laughs> I tried all of them, right? Uh, but uh, a lot of them were like uh, specific meals and drinks I would never try or not try much. And I'm really excited to go back to Egypt, inshallah, this year or the year after if COVID gets under control. And just I'm going to try all of the things. I'm very excited, especially yeah. this, because I remember I remember this drink and I remember finding it. I remember drinking one sip once and then going, I never want this again. Mm. <laughs> I uh, think it's one of those things that now as an adult a lot of the stuff we talked about like all the sweet stuff and Amr and Dina I'll be like I'll, I'll barely be able to have a bit of it we're like oh too sweet for me yes exactly. I am I am going all in because every year I still buy <laughs> all the sweets and I still eat all the sweets and I still sweat sugar for a week straight and I'm very excited about it <laughs> yeah I cannot wait we're going to be celebrating alone this year, just like last year for Eid, because of you know COVID and that kind of thing. But we're still not skipping on it. You're right. We're going to get trays of whatever is still open, uh, all the desserts that you could possibly imagine, and we're going to enjoy it for the whole week. And maybe right. do like eat them over Zoom calls with our family. <laughs> just we should we should do our Eid Zooms. Oh, I'm so down. That would be cool. Good. Uh, that, oh darn! Don't I have to get new clothes? Oh okay. crap! Let me make notes. Let me. Yeah, we kind of, we kind of skipped on the new clothes thing this year too for obvious reasons. We're not really going anywhere. If, if so. we're gonna do it properly, we're gonna do it properly, and I'm gonna find new clothes. <laughs> yeah. For me, I'm the haircut part is I got way easier over the years. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I should like haircut. I I still have hair, you guys. I need to. Oh, no. I need to. I need to figure you, out what to do with you, it. You, you enjoy it less. Yeah. <laughs> I think I have more hair now than ever before, yeah. to be honest. Do, do everything. Ponytails, split it in half, right. do braids. <laughs> do whatever you can. You enjoy that, brother. Okay. Yeah, okay. My hair was longest before I lost it, too, by the way. I'm not saying that's going to happen to you, but that was my experience. Well, I even bought it from you, too. I hear it. I hear it. Yeah. <laughs> We're giving yeah, you the hand. Yeah. yeah. I uh, I mean uh, I'm uh, we'll we'll see what happens, but yeah, I should get a haircut before I eat. That, that's I'll, I'll right. give you some uh, incense so you can jump over a couple of times, Ronnie. That will protect <laughs> your hair. <laughs> I love it. Uh, that would be, be your idea. It's some like magic incense I send you. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I need it to be cash, Fozzy. Come on. As a kid, I got really good at like the like. No, it has to be cash. Like Allah's watching, it has to be cash. Um, but yeah, no, I don't know. I'm, I'm just very excited. Like, even though it's not going to be as big a celebration as it should be this year and last year, I think the the sense of celebration, the communal sense of celebration around the world, is going to be as lovely as always. Uh, and I I can't wait for it for for everything. I wish I was in a place with all the lights and all the and all the yeah. happiness and all the sounds everywhere, but you know, it, it, since that is not happening and I'm just at home, I'll just make it. I'll make it happen here. Yeah, that's a good you know? attitude. Exactly. It's, we're, uh, we're doing the same. We're going right. to be decorating like we do it every year anyway. We decorate. Maybe people aren't going to come over, but it's fine. You know, we're yeah. we're still going to celebrate, same as always. I need to figure out how I can order all of these sweets to my house. <laughs> <laughs> Don't let your kids that's, that's, uh, fire, uh, light firecrackers in the house or something. Right, right. right. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we'll skip that part. <laughs> skip the fireworks part. 
Yeah. So. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, uh, any other traditions y'all have for Eid? No, 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 no. I was actually. No, no, this no. is not the transition part. Not yet. Oh, okay. okay. Almost. Almost. So uh, close. So close. So, so close thing. I'm holding my breath for this one. <laughs> Oh no, no, too pressure, much pressure. No I'm pressure. not gonna perform. <laughs> <laughs> but okay, final final days of Ramadan by the time people listen to this, right? You think you think we're still gonna have some edit? You think that the, the, the countdown is gonna take over the tiredness? Yes, always. Every year for us it's the same. We get more excited with each day. Uh, it's just that middle part that's really tough. That's, right. That's it really experience. is. Yeah. It really is. The, it's like the latter half of the second third. Yes. That, that's, that's the hard part. Ex- agreed 100%. Yeah. Because before that, you're like, yeah, we're, we're like 10% done. We're a quarter of the way. We're a third of the way. And now you're like, okay, we're halfway. Uh, now it's getting <laughs> into percentages. <laughs> These <laughs> fractions aren't exciting anymore. <laughs> We're at fifty-seven percent. Yes. It's like okay, okay. It's but good. then you it's get good. to like the number of days that are left. You know, the the last ten day yeah. countdown, and then it's exciting again. So that's what you have to wait for. That's the best. And, part. Is, and then the the best part comes again, just like the start of Ramadan. We go and sit and listen to some dude with a beard on TV go <laughs> talk for like fifteen minutes about the moon and the scientists and well, I don't know what. And you just sit there. And he keeps talking, and he sits there, and he drags it out like it's a voice, voice like a, a talent show final, where they just keep dragging out the results, and then he goes, "Ramadan is one more day." It's like, oh. <laughs> oh yeah, that's true. Oh, that's not going to be my experience. I'm going to play Return because... and wait for the email. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, you get the email. That's yeah. right. Yeah, we get the email. Oh yeah, that's true. I forgot about the email. I don't get the email. I still watch the television show in Egypt. <laughs> Oh. Guy talks forever. Because <laughs> it's like you know, the, the the start of Eid is like the start of Ramadan, right? Like some people need to see the moon, and, right. and but but the difference is is like you know if uh, if Ramadan was the start of Ramadan was delayed by one day, be like yeah, okay, it's fine, it's you know one more day of yep. living normally. But like if they if they still don't see the the moon, and you're like, oh no, we're gonna like go all the way well, to thirty we're... days. It's like more days yeah. of fasting, right? <laughs> We're going to max fasting. Max fasting. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I remember. And, and it's, it's wrong to be disappointed about it, but gosh, am I disappointed about it some years. <laughs> like, it's a month. Yeah, it's years. been tough. Yes. Yeah, you know, like when you have like a rough Ramadan and you're at the end of it and the guy goes like, we did not see the moon. It's like, well, look harder. Yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah, can I, can I can I get some glow in the dark pencil and draw it on the telescope? Like, will you notice? No, you won't notice, right? Like, let me do that. Oh, uh, yeah, I I've had some years, and there's also years where it's like it's one more day, and you're gonna go like, okay, it's one more day, it's fine. Yeah, but like some years it's gonna be rough. I'm with these years because of the whole COVID thing and the yeah. not being together thing. I'm okay with Ramadan being short. Like yeah. I'm okay with it. If they go, it's 28 days. It's 28 close. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, Rami, it's never 28. It's either 29 or 30. You have to fast well, at least I mean, 29. It feels sure. like it's almost always <laughs> 30. Yeah, it's, it's, it, it feels that way too. Yeah. I'm pretty sure there's been Ramadans that have been 37 days at this point. Like, <laughs> like you're sitting there at the end of the year, like, 
It was a good Ramadan. I'm tired. Please oh. let it be done. And the imam just goes like, we didn't see the moon this month. It's like, wait, what? Excuse me? <laughs> Time really does flow differently when you're fasting, though. So that It really does. Clear. Yeah. It's, uh, it's... The time after iftar, after you break your fast, is so short. <laughs> right. Yeah. What is it? I mean, it's also just short because it's midsummer now for, yeah. for us. Uh, if you're on the southern, I've been, I've been thinking like, if there's like some Muslim out there that really wants to cheat this stuff, they'd just be moving between the hemispheres yeah. every like 13 <laughs> years or something. Yes, absolutely. Short Ramadan every year. Yeah, we're, we're yeah. getting shorter and shorter right now. Like my, my kids now that, like my eldest started fasting uh, for real. My youngest are still either practicing or pretending, which is fine. Right. <laughs> well, by the time that my youngest start fasting, the fasts are going to be super easy. It's going to be, it's a 36 year cycle, right? Yeah. Approximately. Yeah. It moves about 11 of... days. Uh, every right. Year. So yeah. like 30 ish, 30 and a bit. Yeah. It's interesting to me because it, it makes me realize my dad told me that when he was a kid, it was in winter. Yeah. And then when I was born and I was a kid, it was in winter. Right. And I just realized that there, there, there was a 30 year difference between us. And it's, yes. that suddenly kind of, it kind of kicks in that, Oh, 30 year, there's a 30 year cycle there. Absolutely. Well, Speaking of cycles, I think this is a good time <laughs> to, end, to end this cycle. Cozy, what do you think? What do you think? What do you think, Fazi? He's the master. Thank you, thank you. Well, I mean, I mean, I I can only go with whatever you give me. So thank you, Remy, for that transition. Thank you. You're both welcome. So yeah, um, thank you all for listening. Uh, We're super happy every time we see the numbers of the like how many people are listening and subscribing to the podcast. Um, If you haven't done so already, join our Discord at discord.habibis.com. Our community there is thriving. They started playing games together just recently. That just started happening this week, which is so cool. I haven't jumped in yet, but I'm really looking forward to doing that. Um, And uh, yeah, like the the rest of the info comes at the part after this part. So I'll just end it by saying Ramadan Kareem and Salaam Alaikum. Eid Mubarak, I guess. Eid Mubarak and Salaam. Eid Mubarak soon, yes. (laughs) Salam. <laughs>